Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Virtual Physiatry Mentors. I'm Dr. Sheena Buba. I'm Dr. Benicia Williams. And, and together we are. Benicia. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we start every time. And I still interrupted. <laughs> it's okay. It's all part of it, part of it. So, um, well, welcome. So we have a great guest today, Dr. Catherine Dalton. She's here and we're going to be talking about something that we didn't really get much exposure to in residency, but hear about it more now that we're practicing. We have a couple of people that we know that do it, themselves, do, do it themselves and it's locum tenens physician and kind of what that means and how to get involved and the pros and cons about all of that. So it should be very exciting. So thanks so much for joining us, Dr. Dalton. Thanks for yes. having we're so happy to have you. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, your education, how you were introduced to PMR as well. Okay. So I was born and raised in Oklahoma City. My dad's a plastic surgeon. Um, I actually started out at Duke. I was a joke. I was the third generation to go to Duke is what my mom likes to say. I was, I point out I'm third generation not to graduate. Um, transferred to Reed College where I was going to major in biology and instead got a Russian degree. Um, <laughs> and then went to med school. Um, Part of that was I actually have complex regional pain syndrome that I got back when I was um, 13. So I didn't think I could go to med school at one point because my health wasn't doing great. And so I was like, well, then let's major in something else. Um, things got better. So I went to med school back home in Oklahoma, I actually lived with my parents and then went on, did my surgical internship, um, really loved surgery, but didn't know if I could do it with my arm, really couldn't. So got into physiatry. Um, I had extremely little exposure before residency. Um, after my first month of internship, I was with a very good friend of ours who's an internist, and he said, you know, I'd consider physiatry if I were you, and he told me a little about it, and um, I spent two half days with a physiatrist and applied to residency. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> nice. I think you're our second guest who actually heard about it and decided to do physiatry during their intern here. Our last uh, guest, Dr. Bandari, did the same thing, so very neat. So um going into a little bit more detail about how you got to where you are so you sent us your cv and i saw that you graduated um residency at university of arkansas you went there and then um right after that you went in where you're attending physician at university of massachusetts is that correct no i have son i have baltimore um, yeah that's right in my fellowship yeah there's yeah. a lot <laughs> And practiced there for a little bit, but then decided to do, um, you know, like a stint where you did locums in New Zealand for a few months and then started PM&R Spine Interventional Spine Fellowship. So tell us a little bit about how all that happened. Yeah, so I am, um, again, with having the CRPS, I was actually a patient of Dr. Gabor Rax, who's um, known as the grandfather of pain management. And so I was interested in that. Um, wasn't so interested in the... Um, opiate management side of things and, and really just want to do more of the procedural end and, and, and the other treatment options that we have. Um, I certainly didn't want to just do procedures and nothing else. Um, so again, I was having issues with my arm. My senior year of residency, I had a surgery where they took out a really large neuroma and um, turns out that my hand worked better after that. Um, so, but I'd already chosen to go work as an attending and did that for a while. And that job at Sinai was, I swear, the best first job you could have. They really um, sort of let me do what I wanted and explore things. And if there wasn't something I really enjoyed doing, I would take on another project to like limit the one I didn't like so much. <laughs> um, and they were really um, supportive. Um, I then decided though that I wanted to do the fellowship. And so I applied to that and um, 
was accepted and decided that in the meantime, I was gonna go to New Zealand for a little bit. So I did. I was um, really lucky. They normally want you six months to a year, but they had in the rehab capital of New Zealand, their doctor had taken a medical leave. And so they needed someone kind of desperately and took me for the three months until fellowship. So kind of worked out for both of us. That is amazing. Yeah. yeah. How did you hear about that, yeah. that opportunity? Like how? I was already looking into doing a little bit of locums um, in between leaving Sinai and starting fellowship. And um, I actually was going to Azerbaijan and I had the interview, I think the day before I left for Azerbaijan, my sister was living there and I was going to visit. But so they called me and like, we've got this opportunity. And um, it was great. Cool. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, coming back was really hard and then going into fellowship after being an attendant was like I'm quite sure. a shock. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Now that kind of leads me to my next question is, um, what kind of practice did you join after your fellowship? And when did you decide to focus on locum tenens? So I had gone to college out in Portland, Oregon and kept wanting to get back out there. And I had a couple different offers out there and I took one that seemed like it was going to be a great fit. I was going to do some inpatient, some outpatient, no opiate management and interventional. Um, after I accepted the job, the chief left and went to Arizona. And so there was a lot of flux. And then as often happens in medicine, there was the turf war of who was going to get to do the procedures, me or mm -hmm. anesthesia. So I was doing zero procedures. And so they kept wanting me to do the opiate management I didn't want to do. And it just wasn't the right fit. So I um, left and did some locums. And um, initially did a little bit of locums while kind of looking at other things and then just realized this works for me. I joke I have job ADD so I can go somewhere short term and then sometimes I go back to the same places. Sometimes I go there once and work a little bit and then move on. Um, get to see all sorts of parts of the country, different practices, work with some great people. Yeah, looking at your CV, you've literally been all over the country. <laughs> I have 12 active licenses right now. That <laughs> is amazing. I've had a total of 20. Wow. Wow. wow, that's amazing. So for those who may be watching, so it's mostly um, our audience is medical students and, and residents. Um, can you go into like, what exactly is locums? How does it work? You work with an organization and they assign you and do you have any flexibility in choosing locations and any of that kind of stuff? So yeah, I mean, locum tenens technically means placeholder. Um, what we do is we go fill in where they need help. Um, sometimes it might be a medical leave. It might be that they've got a doctor retiring or they've got someone who's moved on and they're looking to fill their next spot. Um, sometimes they've just realized that they're working to expand a program and they need some help while they're finding their new permanent doc. So sort of whatever they need, whatever the reason is they have a need, um, I go in and help. Um, it's really flexible. I. Um, I try and work about 26 weeks a year. This year I've actually worked more because of COVID, but um, which is interesting because a lot of people have lost work for locums during COVID, but I'm part of it is my flexibility. If you're really flexible, you can do a lot of stuff. Um, I prefer to work two weeks on, two weeks off. I worked 14 out of 16 weeks straight one this summer and then had three weeks off before I'm back on an assignment for three weeks. And then I'll go back to my two on, two off to the end of the year. Um, um, so I have a bunch of different recruiters from, I, I kind of have more agents than most and there's a lot of different companies. And I feel like I have a recruiter with almost all of them. Although I have a handful that are the ones I work with more. Um, so I'll get presented a job and um, they'll tell me where it is and what they're looking for. And 
what rate they're going to um, pay me to go. And um, if I'm interested, I submit my CV. And um, if they're interested, I'll have a phone interview usually, although a few places don't do that. They're just like, come on. <laughs> um, and we set up an agreement on what dates I'll work and um, I go. And the contracts are very flexible. Um, each of us can give 30 days notice if it doesn't work or if it's just time to do something else. Um, a lot of places are really great places I've, that just usually it's kind of it's a smaller town or not say a desirable part of the country that people are rushing to get to and so it's just going to take them longer to find the right doc to fill in to find it um, and so usually it's just a different way to see things some places I go it's kind of like a working vacation there you know I spent the summer in Newport Rhode Island <laughs> you know never thought I'd spend a summer in Newport Rhode Island and there I got to spend it working um, but you know, even that was like eight to five. So I had a lot of free time. Um, sometimes I actually have been able to work in my hometown some. So I'd actually stay with my parents and I worked at the hospital where I was born. That's <laughs> um, cool. And uh, so right now I'm in um, rural West Virginia and um, I just kind of go where they need me. And No, that, that is um, such a very cool opportunity. Have you ever done, I'm kind of went, these are my own questions, so I'm curious. <laughs> Have you ever done a job and you're like, this is not for me or been somewhere like, I really, really like this. I would consider staying longer than your both. contractor. Yeah. Yeah, there was actually one job I had where I loved the town, but the um, unit in the hospital was pretty toxic. Um, and so I was yeah. like, oh, well, this is really a shame because this is a great place, except for the work part. Um, <laughs> I've had other places where, um, I've thought, you know, I could totally see being here. And one yeah. of the nice things about locums is that because they are looking for a need, lots of times there is the option to switch it to a permanent mm -hmm. position. Um, there are a few places that have wanted me to do that, including that one that was so toxic, <laughs> but um, <laughs> that, that was not gonna be for me. Um, yeah. But some of these places I love going back to, but again, I, I like the flexibility and the change and, um, so sometimes it's nice to be there and then I, I'm ready to get away and then I'm excited to go back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So cool. since these are, you know, more short-term assignments in that sense, do you get like any other benefits like 401k? You have to pay for your own health insurance. How so I have to pay my like own health insurance, my own retirement. Um, they pay my malpractice, they pay for my hotel, my travel, my rental car. Um, I pay for my own food and entertainment and gas, but um, those are actually business expenses for the food and gas. Mm -hmm. um, so it's pretty low overhead. Um, my licenses, I pay for and they reimburse me if I do a job. Um, in better years, not this year, some companies would go ahead and re reimburse me for the license anyway, because they were worried I would um, let it expire because I've let some of them expire and they're like, but you need it again. We want you to have it. And so they might just go ahead and um, cover it for me. Um, nice. but not right now. Um, I actually had one company go ahead and pay for me to get a California license because it's supposed to take so long to get a California license. You can't apply to California assignments without it. Um, magically I got that license in six weeks when I've been told it would be over eight months. So, um, sounds like Texas trying to get a Texas <laughs> medical license. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I also am a pro at getting licenses. I think that was my third one that year and it was like May. Um, right. <laughs> Are you, for your license, are you using like a universal system? I know that you can use for a lot of different states or 
you just have everything ready to go. So I use the FCVS that has a lot of it. Um, I have to get fingerprinted for most of the states. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of funny because I go use the live scan. I have a couple of fingers that are really hard to fingerprint. So I have to go to the live scan <laughs> and they know me well enough at the sheriff's office. But, um, <laughs> They're like, oh, you need that lotion for your hands. Or sometimes I've gone so recently that my fingerprints are still in the system from the last time. And they're just like, hand us the card. We'll print them. We don't need Oh, them. perfect. <laughs> right. But I'm like, yeah, I know where to go to get fingerprinted a lot. <laughs> they know me there and I'm right. not in trouble. <laughs> are um, most of the positions you're filling, because we have such a diverse field of society and we talk about, um, including my own practice is very diverse and you're interventional trained. Do you do only inpatient rehab or do you, are you doing a bunch of different types of things you're filling in for for locum? So I do mainly inpatient, outpatient, and EMG. Um, yes. Most of the companies, but not all, will have a requirement that if you haven't done something in two years, they won't submit you. Um, other companies are like, no, 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 if you've done it, we're fine, we'll submit you. Um, so this year I've done four inpatient assignments, I think, and two outpatient, both of which were mainly EMG. In fact, one was supposed to be sort of a mix of outpatient, but they were really backed up on EMG. Um, they were like 10 months backed up. And so I was like, you know what you really need me to do is the EMG. So let's just book days of that. And so they're like, that's yeah. great. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. See you guys more reason to do EMGs. I'm, I'm not on the EMG, <laughs> but I am the biggest, I'm the EMG cheerleader. So. <laughs> So how does being, you know, you mentioned they send you the contract and they have, you know, whatever rate they're paying you. So is that how you get paid? Like you get paid a certain amount for the time you're there, or does it depend on how many patients you see? And is there any negotiation with that depending on location? and? That? So it's an hourly rate. Um, usually the deal is that for the first eight hours, I'll get paid a lump sum of the, you know, X times eight. And then after that, there's usually an overtime rate plus a call rate. There's a holiday pay rate, um, which is usually one and a half times the regular rate. <laughs> um, so I work a lot of holidays. <laughs> um, and um, then uh, I can try and negotiate. It's a little difficult. I actually, one of the um, more well-established companies that's paying a lot less than other people that I've worked with them a lot. And the recruiter is like, now you're going with other people. And I'm like, because it doesn't okay. financially make sense for me to work with you. So she this week was like, can you send me a bunch of your other contracts? Cause I'm gonna argue with our company why we need to up our rates. Yeah. So, um, you know, there are some rates I just say, I'm absolutely not working for that. There are right. some that are so low. I'm like, you must be kidding me. Um, it's a joke, but, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it's a small unit you probably are gonna get paid less. If you're busier, you're gonna get paid more especially, you know, some places like my current assignment, they had told me before I got here, they're like, most docs have been making about nine to 12 hours overtime a week. They're fine with that. Um, and so if you want to work those extra 12 hours a week, um, you can do quite well for yourself. Um, yeah. I have probably been working five to 10 hours overtime so far. I've only been here two weeks so far. Um, Although it's also really important to be efficient because a lot of these places do not want to pay a penny over time. I mean, they are, it's, it's expensive to hire in a doc to come out from out of town. And so they want to pay you for the eight hours and nothing more. And so efficiency is actually really important. Um, if you're billing a lot of overtime, they may not have you come anymore. Right. 
I'm sure you have gotten to know a lot of EMR systems then across yeah. the country. <laughs> Is that a, has, what are some of the challenges other than getting to know new people and new unit, but what other kind of challenges have you faced doing? Um, so EMRs, I mean, I'm the right age for that. I'm 45. So, you know, I had a computer in my house from first grade, I think. Oregon um, Trail. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, okay. so, you, know, you sort of learn to use the different systems and, um, I joke I'm using Cerner right now and they're like, they asked me something because something was acting up. And I'm like, I've been using Cerner since 2004. I know how to use it, thank you. You're like, I'm a professional, thank you. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, and every place is slightly different. Um, I'd say of all the systems I use, Epic is the best. They all have their pluses and minuses, but that one is the easiest to work right. with in my opinion. Um, and uh, so that, um, you know, some places, Usually I don't, I do pretty well with just sort of hopping in and working. I know not everyone can do that. Um, when I was in Newport this summer, I laughed. My recruiter was like, hey, so are you making a lot of friends? I was like, it's COVID. No. <laughs> I got to work right Not at all. <laughs> um, work but I will say usually pre-COVID, I would go eat dinner in a bar because usually people sitting at the bar are social. And so you have friends for the night and sometimes you, you know, sometimes they'll be like, hey, we're here every Sunday night. Come join us for dinner next week. Or, hey, That's give us a call if you have any questions. Um, and, you know, you just sort of do your thing. Um, where I am right now is not doing a good job of masking. So I'm really in my hotel room um, yeah. a lot. <laughs> um, and it just is what it is. <laughs> it's, uh, yep, it, it is what it is. Um, do you, sorry, I have all these questions. I'm just so curious. <laughs> do you dictate, like Sheena and I are big fans of using a dragon dictation and we were trying to talk to our other friend about it just to try to be efficient because you mentioned efficiency is very key because mm -hmm. a lot of people I know they go to work and they come home and they're having to do notes. I'm like, I'm not leaving my office until my notes are done, but I dictate and try to make it very efficient. So I also, one of the interesting things about locums is if I'm working from the room, I'm not getting paid. So you want to work at the hospital. Um, I don't have children. So I've never understood the like take work home for me. Like yeah. I get if you have kids that maybe you want to go home, spend family time. They go I, just, to bed and then I don't have, the I don't have any kids. I just want to get home and not work. <laughs> right. but I, mean, I get why people actually come home and do their work once the kids go to bed. But other than yeah. that, like, why do you want to work at home? Like I want yeah. a separation. Um, exactly. I actually am really good with dot phrases and doing a lot of that. And mm -hmm. I usually find that dragon has more typos than not. I, I speak extremely quickly when I'm dictating. Mm -hmm. uh, this is nothing compared to how fast I am then. <laughs> and, um, but here on this current assignment, the way we get stuff, it's all through all the, um, like it's a lot of paper. So I find that I'm dictating like the HPI um, mm -hmm. oftentimes, um, some places team conference notes we have to dictate and so i'll dictate that and then edit it um other places as you know like everyone puts in their part but some places it's like no they tell it to you and you write the whole note mm -hmm. um so i dictate more on small things right but dot phrases are my friend <laughs> no that makes sense and i also uh, find that if i'm not using the dot phrase i'm actually writing exactly what the dot phrase is so they can tell me that that's like a can note. And I'm like, and yet if I don't use the dot phrase, I'm going to type the exact same thing. <laughs> Literally, right? <laughs> like it's the same. Because I thought of the dot phrase. <laughs> yeah. um, what advice would you give to those who are interested in locum tenens? So um, get in touch with as many recruiters as you can, really, or at least three or four. I mean, again, I have a lot more than that and they can kind of drive you crazy. Um, 
make some hard and fast rules. My rule is email, don't call. You can text me or you can email me. I'm not answering your phone call unless we've agreed to it. Um, because they'll call you all day long, all day, at any point. Doesn't matter if you're seeing a patient or not, they don't care. Um, so if people can't follow that rule, I'm not interested in working with them. They make a lot of money off of me. So they have to, um, they have to abide yeah. by that. Um, my good recruiters don't do that at all. They're, they're really good about it. Um, so you want to have that. You do have to make what is your important things for that early on. Um, and then you got to be flexible and be willing to go places. Um, I have now been to 48 out of 50 states, not all for work, but everyone's always like, where do you want to go? And my answer is like, I'll go anywhere. <laughs> um, still haven't been to Alaska and Michigan, so I really want to go to those two. Um, West Coast is nice because I live on the West Coast, so I don't have to travel so far. But um, you know, this year I've worked Oregon, California, Oklahoma, West Virginia, and a couple different spots in Rhode Island. Um, so, you know, just got to be willing to go and do stuff. Um, flexibility is also key. Um, I've actually been turning some stuff down this year because I just can't work all this stuff that people are asking me to work. Um, and you do have to know your limits. I last year accidentally booked myself for 42 days straight with working every weekend. Um, and everyone was like, so what are you doing on your weekend off? I said, well, I'd love to tell you I'm going to do something fun, but probably I'm just going to sleep. Well, let's open it up to our audience here for some questions. So Ranjeev Chabra asks, um, how plentiful are locum positions in major cities? Um, so major cities often don't need the people as much because people want to live there. Um, I, so I'm originally, as I said, from Oklahoma, I have had jobs at one hospital in Oklahoma city. Another one is asked. I've also worked in Norman, a couple of places in Tulsa and some smaller towns like Enid and McAllister. So, um, but it's not as likely, um, like I live in Portland, Oregon, haven't seen any locums in Portland itself. I've worked 120 miles away. Um, they are occasionally there, but not very often. It's more often you're gonna go somewhere smaller. Um, Norfolk, Nebraska, I worked a seven bed unit. Um, <laughs> so wow. it just sort of depends. Yep. Let's see. Any other questions? Let us know. So you mentioned some of the cons. What are some of the pros of doing locums? I love it. Um, I, again, I, I love the variety. I love um, the flexibility. Um, I get to see parts of the country I never would have seen. Um, again, Norfolk, Nebraska, Sumter, South Carolina. Um, I'm in Princeton, West Virginia. Um, again, I summered in Newport, Rhode Island. <laughs> um, so get to see lots of different places. Um, when it's not COVID, I meet a lot of interesting people. Um, I, I joke about locum's life being glamorous in a good and bad way last year. Um, I got to Charleston, West Virginia, and there was a sign that David Crosby was going to be doing a concert like two days later. And I was like, oh, wow, there are actually tickets to the small intimate theater to see David Crosby, like almost anywhere else. It would have been sold out months ago. So I got to do that one night. And then the next night I was walking in the mall to get some exercise, <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> just kind of got to go with the flow. And, and um, But Lots, and I have so much flexibility. My recruiters say that I'm a workaholic. And as far as locums goes, I do work a lot, but I also have a lot more time off than pretty much any other doctor. Yeah, that's what you were saying. You have, you know, more time off than someone working a regular, a regular job. You just may be working it more at a time, you know, and yeah. without, without time off in between. So, 
So I'm getting ready mm-hmm. to go home and I'll have two weeks off. And during my two weeks off, I get to do whatever I want. <laughs> like a vacation. Yeah. And, and granted, I, I haven't taken as many vacations because lately I'm just like so excited to be home when I'm off. I mean, pre-COVID. Um, we were actually going to go to um, Paris in March and then obviously that that didn't happen. Um, but I was taking off a, a nice chunk of time so I could do that and then have some time at home. And then I got a lot more time at home than I thought I was going to have. <laughs> Although, you know, my other locum friends and I all kind of joke because we're like, everyone's like, we're so sick of being home and we're all kind of like, we're loving it. <laughs> we never get this much time at home. It's great. <laughs> yeah, we have another question that's come up here. So you mentioned how you went to New Zealand. Um, are there other international locum opportunities? And do you know which countries are highly amenable to visiting physiatrists? So New Zealand and Australia definitely have some physiatry options. Um, at one point they were talking to me about Guam, um, UAE has some, although I think they want more long-term, but you could probably do like a year or so. Um, I think Ireland is now opening some up. I don't know if they have physiatry themselves, but the company the other day was actually saying, oh yeah, yeah, contact us and we'll get you set up. But I'm like, I don't know if I could, I know it'd be a longer assignment. Usually if you're going to go internationally, they want you six months to a year because of the, the licensing and everything is more challenging. I mean, I, I literally landed in New Zealand and had to go straight to a judge's house to get my license finished. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Neat. All right. Any other questions out there? Let us know. I think it's just such a cool, if I didn't have my position, I'd probably be interested in something like that for sure. You know, I considered it straight out of residency and one of my attendings said that he didn't think that everyone could do it straight out of residency, but he thought I could. Um, I didn't at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think having had a little more experience probably was good, but I don't think it's 100% necessary. Um, as I said, I had such a great first job that I didn't, they were so supportive of me, but also in an, you know, they'd actually ask me for advice, but I, obviously they were helping me more than I'm sure I realized. Um, so. Looking back on that experience, I feel like I probably could have done it right away, but it was also nice to actually have colleagues right. <laughs> that did physiatry too right away instead of just jumping in. Um, but it's also a great way to find the right job for you, especially mm-hmm. if you don't have a place you really wanna go, you can um, go explore something. And some of these mm-hmm. smaller units are fantastic. Um, one of the ones I've worked actually in Charleston, West Virginia, they have two docs are looking for a third and you could kind of set whatever practice you want. The other two are really supportive and, and like looking forward to helping that. Last year at the AAPMNR, I was actually like, I'll help you find someone because I'll talk to you. For <laughs> I love this place. I, I don't yeah. personally want to move there, but I, I love this assignment. And it really would be a great, that would have been a great first job for someone and may still be mm-hmm. available um, because it's too closer towards retirement docs who are willing to be mentors while also letting yeah. you know what you want. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. Very important. If anyone has any other questions, please let us know in the comment section. Um, I'm trying to see what else. And um, I was mentioned before we started that my friend that had did locums and now is working and she's thinking about going back to locums because she's like, she enjoyed the freedom. She's like, and I made more money doing yeah. locums than I am now. So that's also something. Working like consider. basically working 26 weeks a year, I can make more money mm-hmm. than in many full-time jobs. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
I'm away from home and um, I, I'll tell you like at one point this summer, they wanted me to work an extra week and I was trying to like wheel and deal. They were going to fly my boyfriend out and it was going to be a good deal for me. Although <laughs> I ended up not going and with COVID, it wasn't going to work for him to come. And he was about to lose it that I was going to stay gone another week. I was like, no, 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 this deal includes you. Um, <laughs> on a rare occasion, I've gotten him flown to where I am like for a holiday. Um, but it's also hard for him that I'm gone a lot. I think, especially again, during COVID when he can't see our friends either. Um, yeah. So he's home alone. But um, I mean, that part's tough, but I was doing locums when we first started dating seven years ago. So we've been yeah. doing it for a while. Part of the package. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought, yeah, like I said, I didn't have my job and my boyfriend's here. So that yeah. makes it very difficult for I, yeah. me. So that's the hard part. A week part ago, I was texting him. I was like, I got asked to cover, you know, another 11 days in November. but I'm not going. Are you proud of me? I turned it down. <laughs> I was like, I need my time home and I need it with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We're always together. So that's hard. We FaceTime a lot <laughs> and text a lot. <laughs> there you go. Which Technology. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Benicia, you want to ask the question? Yes, I will. So um, we asked all of our questions, this guest, if you were not a team of our guess this question. Sorry, guys. <laughs> if you were not a PM&R physician, what would you be? So, I mean, I started out in surgery and that was really my love, but with my arm, I couldn't do it. So, you know, we'd have to fix a lot of things and make that possible, but that's what I would do. <laughs> but what about that was possible, which is actually how I ended up in physiatry. Cause I thought, you know, it's not a stroke. It's not a spinal cord injury, but I also understand that people have health issues and they change courses of your life. I mean, for me, I was still able to become a doctor, but I wasn't able to become a surgeon. And so I, I do understand that frustration and that disappointment that, I mean, kind of all patients have, but especially I think physiatry patients, especially when we're dealing with these big life changing events. Literally every day yeah. I tell patients that I'm like, I understand that this is completely your life changed over the, for the families and for the patients. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's nice. I'm sure to be able to have that relationship with them. Well, what about outside of medicine? If you weren't a physician, what would you be? Oh, so I have this random sort of side thing. Um, I, um, I wrote my college thesis on the poet laureate of Russia and became very good friends with him. And actually I'm a published translator for him. Um, wow. so I don't know that I could have made that into a career, but you know, combine that and photography. I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty neat. <laughs> so yeah, I randomly translate Russian poetry. <laughs> I love it. I'm sure you can find a gig. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did some med school in Russia. It was fun. <laughs> Oh, but Thailand, I didn't know the language. <laughs> wow. Well, I think you definitely had the personality to, to do this because it is, it's tough. So, but it seems like it's a good fit. Is this something you feel like doing long-term until you retire? Yeah. I mean, I say never say never if I find the right fit that might change. Um, but I don't really foresee that. I really like the flexibility. I, I like you know, my idea would be to have a handful of places that I got to go on a regular basis. And um, sometimes I do, like I, I'll have a vacation coverage for certain places. And, you know, if I, if I had a handful of those enough to keep me busy and throw in some new ones, you know, on the side would be great. Because um, some places I really love to go to. Some places I'm like, that was a great experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, yeah, I think it works really well for me. All right. If we don't have any other questions, we can wrap it up. Is there anything else, Dr. Dalton, that we missed that we should ask about regarding locums? Um, 
Not that I think, I mean, you know, it's just, you got to be willing to, I, I guess the other real key is that you're not going to go in and change the way things are done. Obviously, if something's not safe, you need to make a change, but you're there to fill in while they're looking for the next person. And sometimes that means doing things not the way you necessarily want to, but that are work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One place my um, IPOC form was a three-page handwritten form every single time. Oh no, that was the post-admission physician evaluation. But they always had me do it on, within 20, like on the day after I did the HMP and it was a three-page handwritten form. And I was like, yeah, we could actually make this like a sentence or two on the HMP when we had to do the PAPI and um, fine, I'm just gonna do this. But let me just tell you when the new doc comes, he's not gonna be doing this anymore. <laughs> kind of got to roll with the punches at some Absolutely. places. But yeah. yeah. Um, we do have another question. People ask, how can they get in contact with you? Um, so probably my email is the best way. Um, it's cdalton75 at gmail. Um, put something in the, um, put something in the subject line so I know to like not delete. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> not a recruiter that you know about. about. Yeah. <laughs> questions about welcome. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Very good. Virtual physiatry BPM, put that in there so she knows. Yeah, that's that the code word. From the talk. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I think it was super interesting. I didn't know much about locum. So thank you for shedding that light. And we already talked about how people can get a hold of you, but um, our, we're still doing our IG takeovers for the residency program. So if anyone's watching that's um, your residency hasn't been featured, please reach out. It's the perfect time to do it since interview season has started. So, Absolutely. Next week, we um, will have Dr. Jason Miller on, who was our classmate at Baylor. And we, we were Shanisha, but as a trio, we are known as the dream team. Self, self-named. <laughs> so I think I know what our outfits are going to be next week. Nisha. Oh, oh, for sure. Don't okay. spoil it, but yeah. okay. <laughs> yes. Um, the Dre team. Um, this is our 28th episode we've done. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe you can catch all the past episodes on YouTube, IGTV, or Facebook. So yes, please um watch those if you guys have any questions. You know how to get a hold of us. So we will see you next week. And Bye. everyone out and vote if you haven't yet. Yes, yes, exactly. Show off your show off your pin. I <laughs> saw that made this pen. Amazing. Yes. Please vote. vote